0: It's time. it's time.
1: It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time for Tech Tuesday.
0: Welcome back to Tech Tuesday. I'm Mila Wong.
1: My name is Raj Shroff, and I'm a director of applied AI research at Blue Artificial Intelligence.
0: So all eyes have been on Sam Altman and OpenAI over the past few days. No one really saw it coming that the CEO would be removed, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. This was a complete surprise, very unexpected. Sam Altman was one of really the pioneers of bringing generative AI, ChatGPT to the world. And there were no real public signs that there was something very wrong and that he was about to be let go. So this took everyone by surprise.
0: Right. I mean, he just went to an APEC meeting on behalf of the company a day before he sacked.
1: Yeah. And even beyond that, he delivered the keynote address at OpenAI's Dev Day on the 6th of November, just two weeks ago, where they were rolling out updates to ChatGPT and major, major features. So either this was very secretly being orchestrated or something very sudden happened.
0: There's a, I think, a press release or a statement by the board. What does it say?
1: Well, the statement by the board is vague enough to just raise more questions. The statement pointed out that they didn't have confidence in his ability to lead the company because he was not consistently candid with the board or in his communications with the board. So perhaps this leads to an underlying business issue or just the confidence in his ability to lead the company because he was not putting the board of directors at ease.
0: How are people reacting to this news? I mean, Greg Brockman, the president and co-founder of OpenAI, he quit after learning the news. So that comes as a shock to him as well, I guess.
1: Yeah, so even in the wider tech community, it's perceived with quite a bit of surprise. But then in any major company, high-profile hirings and firings um, happen Quite often, just look at what happened at Twitter right before Elon Musk took over.
0: And what are the other, like, people in the tech community, are saying? Do they think that is a loss for OpenAI or ChatGPT?
1: Well, at this point, like in any major tech company or any major tech product, it's not one person driving the flagship product, which is ChatGPT. It's really being managed by a team and a committee.
0: Because we also know uh, Mr. Altman as a um, fundraiser who managed to got like billions of dollars of investment from Microsoft. Do you think funding will be a problem for OpenAI going forward?
1: Most likely not, and simply because the user adoption of Chans GPT has been so high. They have more than a billion users. They've just rolled out their enterprise-grade ChatGPT, which there's a lot of interest in. So raising more funds is probably not their number one concern at this point.
0: Right. And you would expect ChatGPT to continue to be a leader in terms of AI chatbot?
1: Absolutely, and the reason for that is, the best AI products have the most data, the most data to train and improve. And because ChatGPT has so many users, they just have so much data at their disposal being updated day by day by day. So updating the model to make it better is not as big a challenge now as it would have been, let's say six months or 12 months ago.
0: So Microsoft announced a text-to-speech avatar creator called Azure AI Speech last week. What's it for and how can we use it?
1: Azure AI Speech seems to be targeted really towards business users at this point, where they can have an animated digital human being narrate a conversation or serve as a chatbot. So either for customer service or maybe to explain a product in a demo video, for example. This is not the first time we've seen this kind of capability. What makes Microsoft's product a little bit more special is that they're integrating this with a large language model like GPT 3.5, where it can technically have a more human conversation than other tools on the market.
0: So what if the uh, avatar is asked a question that is not on the script?
1: So in theory, if you ask this digital avatar an unscripted question or something that is not related to the company or that specific product, it may still be able to give you a decent response. I can't say whether it would be the right response, but it can have a more human-like conversation with the user or the customer.
0: I think you have already seen the demo. What do you think of the quality? Do you think that is lifelike enough?
1: Well, my personal opinion is in this very early day of product demos, there is definitely room for improvements.
0: Since we've heard a lot about deepfake scams, do you think this tool may be misused as well? Is Microsoft doing anything to, to prevent this from being misused?
1: Well, it seems like Microsoft has thought about preventing malicious usage of their text-to-speech avatar. Instead of being reactive to malicious uses and banning accounts that use avatars for scams, Microsoft proactively limits how these avatars can be used. Most Azure subscribers will only be able to access pre-built avatars at launch, not custom avatars. Most subscribers are not able to customize the avatar's appearance and voice. Microsoft has said that users must register to unlock customized avatars. And even then, custom avatars are only available for certain use cases.
0: And Microsoft also said it's changing the name of its AI chatbot from Bing Chat to CoPilot. Why is it making this change?
1: It's essentially a rebranding, where I believe Microsoft is trying to bring all of their AI-enabled services under the CoPilot umbrella. Before, they had integrated essentially their version of ChatGPT into their Bing search engine. And the hope was that this would increase the popularity of Bing as a search engine as a competitor to Google. Unfortunately, this hasn't really happened. Some studies have been put out saying, suggesting that since Bing Chat's rollout, Bing has not taken much market share away from Google, if any. So this could be a conscious decision by Microsoft to make its co-pilot set of features and AI-enabled apps completely separate as a standalone product almost, that people can get access to directly without going through a search engine.
0: So now there's a dedicated website for Copilot. Do you think you can better compete with ChatGPT?
1: So that's an interesting point because the underlying tech behind Microsoft's Copilot is quite similar to the underlying tech behind ChatGPT. In terms of historical usage trends, people have tended to say that they prefer ChatGPT because they can control the output a little bit more. They can choose different functions, plugins and models that generate different types of output where that flexibility has not really been there in the old version of Bing Chat and today in Copilot. As somebody that's used Microsoft Copilot and Bing Chat myself, It's generally good for basic tasks and questions or pulling information from the internet. Whereas people that are trying to have a digital research partner or a digital analysis tool, they tend to prefer ChatGPT for in-depth answers. And we'll find groups of people they may prefer to use CoPilot over for some situations, and they may prefer to use ChatGPT or another large language model for other situations.
0: But I'm seeing some comments online saying that it's quite confusing because this is not the first CoPilot product from Microsoft. There's a Microsoft 365 CoPilot for work. There's also CoPilot in Windows 11. So do you think this will cause some kind of um, confusion among the users?
1: In the short term, yes, it may cause some confusion, but this is not the first time Microsoft has done this kind of thing in terms of having very similar names. Anyone that's used Microsoft Office would know that over the years, Microsoft has a version of its Office software suite specifically for enterprises and a different type of Microsoft Office product for people using Microsoft Office at home. And there's differences in the two types of office products where the enterprise version has more tools. So we may see this kind of disparity continue when it comes to Copilot for enterprise versus Copilot for individual users.
0: And back locally, a survey done by computer company Cisco showed almost all firms in Hong Kong recognize the urgency for adopting AI, but only a quarter of them are really ready. Does it match what you see in the industries?
1: So there's definitely a lot of buzz around AI adoption and AI investments in Hong Kong specifically, really after ChatGPT and similar generative AI tools were rolled out. When we talk to our potential clients, there's been a huge uptick in the interest that in the interest that companies have in starting AI projects, or at least exploring AI projects.
0: But only one-third of these firms allocated budgets for AI investment. So why do you think that's happening?
1: The Hong Kong Productivity Council, they recently conducted a survey among Hong Kong enterprises, small, medium, and large, And quite interestingly, they found that about half the responses said that the company prefers to maintain the status quo because they don't want to deal with the change or that they feel that they don't need this extra technology. Another 25% of responses, they mentioned that they have difficulties integrating new technology into current business processes or having new IT systems work with their old IT systems.
0: Right. Do you think this is something of concern to you, like only a minority of firms are getting ready to adopt AI in Hong Kong?
1: Well, this is not such a big concern as people think, because when we think about companies' journey into AI adoption, it really starts with undergoing digital transformation. So once this level of digital maturity is achieved, it's really then that companies can start investing in machine learning and AI because you really first need this foundation of digital infrastructure behind you. So quite a few companies in Hong Kong, the large companies anyway, have been undergoing digital transformation really since 2008, 2010. And that same survey finds that among large companies in Hong Kong, they have achieved what they call a mature level of digital adoption. Now, because as different companies go through this digital journey, we will find that in the next one or two years, there's going to be a significant uptick in investments in AI and AI maturity.